This is sounds from Ukraine now. Звук из Украины зараз.
This is Sounds from Ukraine Now, uh, and um, I'm your host, Clemens Poole, together with Chola Tunstall-Behrens. And today we're speaking with artist Polina Verbitska, who is uh, usually based in Kiev, but uh, today is joining us from Lithuania. Uh, Polina, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and uh, kind of tell us what's happening in Klaipeda? Uh, hello, <laughs> hello everyone, and uh, thank you guys for the introduction. Uh, yes, I am in Lithuania now in Klaipeda, so uh, I'm here since uh, since the middle of the March. Uh, actually, <laughs> I didn't have I didn't had such a I don't know such an interesting experience about coming here because. Uh, after the war started, I was just uh, in my studio in Kiev for a couple of weeks. And then uh, a friend of mine from here, uh, he invited me with my family to come and I just came. So now I'm, I'm living there. Uh, that's it. I was, I was thinking about um, this. I mean, there's actually been several artists who have uh, talked a little bit about uh, the experience of motherhood or parenthood um, during this uh, during this period, but I feel like that must have been crazy for your kids in the um, in like these first days of the war. Because if you left in in March, middle of March, you were still there for uh, in Kiev, pretty close to everything for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. I don't know. So I, I want to think that uh, for them, it is not that uh, shocking experience because the younger one was only three, uh, four years old and he didn't realize what happened. And uh, the older one, he's really, I don't know, he's like sane and serious guy. So he just accepted like, like that is. So uh, that is how we live now, and uh, but actually yes, uh, the kids was only was the only reason why I decided to to left Ukraine, because I really I didn't want to go, but uh, I just you know I I had this responsibility to keep their life you know like to to keep them safe, so I I had to go somewhere, um, yeah. And what have in, you been doing in Lithuania since you've been there? Sorry? What have you been doing in Lithuania since you've been there? Uh, okay, so I'm kind of 
in artist residency because I was here in Klaipeda last year. And so the guy who invited us, he is a photographer and he is an art curator as well. And so he organizes some art events. And uh, so he, he like arranged the space for, for work for me. So I'm making a sculpture project and yes. Trying wow. To keep it. wow, that's amazing. That's so great. Um, I guess uh, the sort of structure of the show is that we kind of ask artists and different people to send us some audio files and we listen to them with you and uh, and talk about what's happening with you, but also about uh, the, the music or or sounds that you sent us. So I'm curious about this first one that was part of our introduction. Um, can you tell us why that was on your mind or why this is a uh, this this uh, song? This I guess it's a piece of an opera, right? Um, why this kind of affected you? Uh, yes, I can say that I have some a list of songs uh, which are meaningful to me, and so I when when I when I don't have any, you know, like any mood to to search for something new. I just choose uh, like some from my favorite songs. And I really like this uh, this guy, this Enrico Caruso. Uh, I like his voice and I like this Baroque classic. So I don't know, it's, it reminds me how, uh, you know, how strange and how complicated life can be. So it sounds like dramatic enough. <laughs> Definitely dramatic. What, what, do you remember the first time that you heard it? Uh, I think it was accidentally. Uh, I was uh, I was in uh, Montenegro. It was a couple of years ago, and I was preparing for my exhibition, and I wanted to choose something for like for, for music, like to to switch on. And I just found him on YouTube accidentally, and I really was amazed by his voice. And I still, I still like it and listen. Does it have? Or sorry. I was just going to say for just for those who um don't know, it's una fertiva lagrima, so it's like a furtive, a yeah. furtive um tear, and it's yeah. by Enrico Caruso. Yeah. But uh, Paulina does. Uh, do things like this, uh, like this kind of dramatic music, does it have a kind of new feeling to it now in this like kind of fucked up time where I guess everything becomes somewhat dramatic? Yes, of course. And also, uh, you know, I feel that even in these crazy times where we have like objective reality, which is not as we could expect, like, you know, half a year before. Uh, like uh, some, some of these classic songs are also can, uh, can remind us that we have our like special inner life, you know, we're still a personality. So we have some uh, inner reflections and some inner uh, feelings that we, we, we can uh, keep, you know? So for, for me, this may be some, uh, some kind of uh, like I try to keep myself like you know like my personality where it was before so to try uh, to avoid uh, uh, 
um, try to avoid uh, this like uh, real. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I cannot say. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of thinking as you as you talk about this kind of like internal versus external world, and I mean, of course, we're in this moment with war where the external world is really <clears throat> um, this kind of dominating factor in in a lot of things. I, I'm thinking about your work and this is also partly uh, why I was interested to talk to you in the context of our show because your work has a lot of things in it um, that makes me, uh, it makes me think about like this kind of uh, uh, internal world there's a lot of this sort of like inventiveness in the the um, the uh, like the way you're, or I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is there are these uh, subconscious or dreamscape elements for me in the in the work that you make, um, and so it seems very strangely emotive in this time when this like like body horror and stuff like this it feels really like merging with fantasy and reality. Um, have you kind of been thinking about this with your work lately or has your work kind of changed or what, what, do you, what is your, uh, what's your process at the moment? Mm, yes, Clemens and uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. It is actually a big question for me right now because I was used to work with this body horror. And uh, for me, it was, uh, you know, like a visualization of my uh, subjective processes. So like, like yes, uh, like subconscious, uh, some conditions. And now in this reality, so I, I realized that uh, my work uh, looks different because uh, a lot of people uh, see, you know, like uh, um, a lot of people see that I, I want to show this, you know, like literally horror of the war. And it's not, not uh, the thing uh, I, would, I want to make because, and I'm, I think I, I'm, I'm trying to go into more abstract art. Uh, so I, I don't feel that I, I can work with this body theme now. Mm. Maybe for those who haven't seen Polina's work, you make kind of, Beautiful, very, I, actually I'm interested about the perspective and size of them because I've just seen images of them. I've never seen them in real life, but these clay models are different body parts. And as Clemens said, some of them have these imaginative kind of internal dreams or elements of them. They're not quite a true body or a true eye or a true face. There's something uh, manipulated or distorted about it. Um, maybe also Polina, you can describe what you make because you'll describe it better because you do it with your hands. Uh, so, well, when I uh, when I left Ukraine, I, I started to uh, draw a lot uh, because uh, usually I work as a sculptor. And uh, mm, when I was in uh, in my travel, that when I was on the road, uh, I had to uh, I had to make something small because I I, I didn't have an opportunity to, to make my usual art. And I really, uh, I found, found a lot of joy into making these small drawings because they're um, less realistic than, uh, than art I usually do. And uh, so I, I feel it in some way more fair now um, because I'm like, you know, like 
I, I really trying to avoid to to make uh, some uh, uh, flesh stuff now because of war. Maybe. Ah, so this and um, I was looking at a lot of your drawings, um, like kind of through social media as as you've been making them. Um, and I was, I guess, wondering if these are, uh, you're saying that they're less realistic than the work that you normally do, the yeah. sculptural work. Um, but I was, they, some of them seem like they are from life, like a, like figure drawings from life, and some seem that they are imagined. Is is that correct, or is some are they all just imagined? No, of course, I, I I never use models. You know, uh, the only. Uh, the only situation when I was used to draw uh, live models, it was a drink and draw. This was your project in, in Iso. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> I never used models. <laughs> what, what, what was drink and draw? It was uh, in uh, the in this this uh, like creative space in Kiev. Um, I sort of copied the format uh, of uh, this event that happens in New York. A friend of mine. Um, ran for years uh, this drink and draw, which is basically uh, you pay as like a flat fee in New York. It was ten dollars. I forget what we paid in, in or what we made the price in, in Kiev, but it was like there's a nude model and like music and uh, free alcohol. And uh, Polina and I actually met at this. And Polina, you took it over when I left yeah. for at least some of it, right? So yeah. You were the, the you became like the DJ MC of of uh, Kiev Drink and Draw for some time. That sounds really fun. Yeah, I I always joke that that's my most enduring legacy of my work in in uh, Ukraine. How, how long did you do it for, Clemens? I mean, I hosted it for like three months, and then I had to go back to the US. Um, it was before I was living in in Ukraine full time, but uh, it it went up until like up until the war started, basically. So it was going for like five years. Polina, you, you hosted it for five years? No, no, I was hosting it like, I, I think about a year and a half. So it was not, not always me, but usually. And then I gave a birth to my second kid and mm. I just left. But so you did live drawing there and did that inspire your body drawings that you're talking about? No, I just the token that it was the only situation I was drawing from the living model because I don't uh, have an academic education, so I'm not used to that. Okay. I really loved also on your um, Instagram the, the kind of short videos you made where you saw it in process. They were really <laughs> amazing. And kind of one where you did loads and loads of lines and then it starts to get dark around the lines that you want to keep. It was a really beautiful process. Thanks. So you also um, saw that you also write quite a bit of text and kind of bits of prose or thoughts how does that kind of link into your practice and what you're thinking about you know it is it is really strange thing to make art now i don't know how you guys but like for me it is uh, you know it's like a fra fragile uh, thing you know to 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 have this to, to be able to make art so you can be easily affected by uh, by some situations, and uh, so really, I, I'm visiting psychoanalytics now, and in some way, it helps me to visualize some things, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to work with these uh, subconscious uh, images. And that the things that you write that kind of links into these images. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I really, uh, I, I feel some uh, need into, into express myself through text as well. So I'm trying to make some notes. And uh, actually it is a funny thing because uh, I was listening to, to your recordings with Lina Romanyuka and uh, she's my friend from Kiev and we spent a lot of time before the war there. And uh, I realized that uh, I didn't uh, make any recordings then when the war started, no, because I don't know, we, 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 were, we weren't expected that we will stay alive actually. So <laughs> I didn't feel this, <laughs> this uh, sense to make any recordings. Was that like a fully developed thought process when you were in, in Kiev or was it just sort of, you're not even really thinking about uh, documentation of the moment because it's just too much going on, too hard to know? No, I don't know. You know, I, I was one from, from the people who didn't believe that the war can start. Like I, I, I didn't believe at all. And I remember that uh, uh, like few days before the war, uh, we were with my friends on the party. And uh, so, and I had my birthday on 17th of February. And we were really laughing like, because uh, we had a lot of information that uh, uh, Russia gonna attack Ukraine on the 16th of February, I suppose. And I was laughing like, oh, okay, not 16, please 18, because I want to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> and, uh, really, and I, I was like so surprised when it started, uh, and uh, so, and I had some, I don't know, I think a lot of people had some uh, belief that the uh, Russian army is so, <laughs> oh my kids are screaming, uh, the Russian army is so big that uh, they will, I don't know, they're gonna take us, like our country in a few days, and they really, we were expecting to like die very soon actually, so it, it was like the common thoughts it was funny because I was in my in my studio with my boyfriend and my sister and the kids and we were trying to be like to to behave normal like with with them and I remember that we uh, we just uh, went to the kitchen and just start uh, on each other and like I asked them like what do you think like like will happen and they told me I think like it's over I, and I told like yes I think it's over as well <laughs> But I don't know. Russian army appeared to be not so awful as we yeah, or maybe more awful, but less good at being awful. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's a mm. it's a heavy thought. Yeah. So um maybe we can go to your second track, Prelina. Okay. Maybe do you want to briefly tell us why? Or maybe actually no, let's say after. We'll play it first. Yeah? Okay. okay. Okay, this is Mother Sky by Can. Thank you. 
So, Papelino, I wanted to ask, um, yeah, why you chose that song or what, what kind of moments you listen to it? Because it's a very, it's a very energetic song for me. Like I, I don't think I've ever listened to that music that much, but obviously it's very long. It took you through loads of different stages of being really wanting to just like get, be really loud and dance and then other calm moments. And yeah, when you listen to it, I'm interested to know that. Uh, you know, actually, uh, I I have a different association with Ken. I just I like them, and uh, mm, so I, I have really good I have a really good memories connected with them. Mm-hmm. So for me, it is more about like uh, some yes cheerful memories. Have you seen them live? No, I don't know them as a band. Clemens, do you? Oh, I don't even know if they still perform. They're like from the 70s, right? This record's the 1970s, right. I think. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I actually also love Ken. And and I maybe I even have some kind of similar uh, associations to this. Like, like to me, yeah, I mean, I, I can see... I, I this is a this has been a big question for me as especially as we talk to all these different people through the show about uh like their relationship to sounds but also relationship to music um and it's it's kind of like like uh one of our guests said that he made a whole long playlist of uh of uh sad Ukrainian music as a kind of uh, something to keep him connected to uh, what was happening in Ukraine. But then other people, I think, have have uh, been interested in this kind of like music that makes you maybe forget what's happening. I don't, does this fit in one of those categories for you, Polina? Like this is a, a nostalgic memory of something good that happened before the war? Yeah, you're, you're right. This kind of connection uh, with uh, whom you were before before the war. So yeah. What do your kids think of this kind of music? I I don't really think they they keep any attention to my music <laughs> because you know it is okay. uh, strange music for old people. <laughs> you, when you when you're in the studio, do you have music on, or do you normally work in silence? Uh, usually I work with music because uh, so uh, when I when I especially when I'm starting a new work, I really have to get into the special condition, kind of you know like some trance condition. So really, I, I need music for this. Mm. And to, for you, does it matter if it has words or not, or it can be any? Because I've got friends who like cannot listen to music with words while they're working, whereas I'm quite like any music. So I don't actually listen to words when I listen to music. I really don't take note of it. Does it make a difference for you, Polina? Um, no, I'm I'm the one who prefers music. So actually, even even when you ask me about like a meaning of some songs for me, uh, I realized that I not always even know about what the songs are. You know, so I just listen. <laughs> <laughs> they hold a place in your memory somehow. Yeah, Polina, I'm kind of curious. Um, I know you, uh, you have two Instagram accounts, right? You have this yeah. personal one and you have the weird sculpture, which is yeah. what you use this to basically sell your work, right? Yeah. And it seems like a lot of that stuff, uh, and, and I'm assuming 
kind of your business as an artist or, or as somebody who sells their work actively online, that seems like something that is maybe compromised by the fact that uh, you aren't, you're not in your studio anymore. Your typical process, as you said, is maybe doesn't feel right at the, at this moment now. Um, how is, I guess, not to, I don't know. I don't want to like minimize your work and say like, it's this, it's this business, but in terms of the, the economic impact of the war as someone who actively sells work, uh, how has this changed? Oh, okay. Uh, it's a good question actually, because yes, I, so this is my, uh, like rich culture. Uh, so I mostly show the, my jewelry works and, uh, it is how I make my living. So I make this like strange jewelry and this, I sell it still, I still sell it. And, uh, when I was in Kiev, it was actually a strange story because I just, uh, I came back to Ukraine not so long time ago, like in the end of uh, autumn. Uh, I was living in uh, Montenegro and then I was in Lithuania and I decided to come back to Ukraine like very, 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 very fast. It was a very fast decision that I want to go home. And, uh, and then I also decided maybe to, uh, Mm, no, not to stop, but to to give less time for for making jewelry, yes, and to concentrate more on the sculptures and paintings. And I closed my uh, shop where, where I was selling jewelry. So yes, to 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 find more time for my other jobs. And when I uh, left Ukraine, I opened it again. And uh, I'm really, now I, I realize that uh, it is, uh, so I'm really lucky that I had this experience of selling this small stuff abroad because it supports me now. And like, it, it, uh, that's how I get money for living. So like, really good thing. Are you, are you producing new stuff uh, in this, like this, I guess jewelry category of your practice, or yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, well, so you can kind of transfer that practice to wherever you go. It's not that like you don't need like a major shop or anything. Yeah, I just have to to have uh, you know like a table and an oven and that's all. Nice. <laughs> so maybe okay. also for you being in Lithuania right now, as you said, you've traveled and lived around in different places, and maybe it's does it feel that different for you to be working from Lithuania, for example? Uh, no, it is so. Lithuania is really good place for working. Process. It's it's just uh, about uh, your proposals. You know how you get there, because uh, before I was traveling, um, like you know, by my own will, I just wanted to travel and I wanted to change places. And uh, also, it was the thing that was so new to me when I came here, like recently. Uh, because uh, when I was in Klaipeda last year, I really loved everything, like the place, the people, I was super happy here. But when you, uh, when you come in somewhere as a refugee, it is really different. So uh, I really had some hard times. Uh, and even, um, even although I get a lot of support from, from the people, uh, and I didn't have any problems like where to live or like, like you know, like, basic things I was really depressed because uh, it is like you know it is mm. not your will uh, but now like 
I got used and uh, so I, I found uh, friends and some uh, Ukrainian artists also came here. So I had a company. It is also, it was a problem first month because I didn't mm. have a company. <laughs> well, this yeah. seems like this process must be, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with this bureaucratic experience of the um, people who have been displaced from Ukraine because I have, my, my partners displaced and we had to do this process and and it's like the bureaucracy is really stressful uh even if the place that you go seems very welcoming and is trying to do what it can you still have to deal with all this stuff in a foreign language and all of this but i, I feel like that must be even crazier if you have two kids with you right and you have to deal with their insurance and their like registration and and uh, you know, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really an irresponsible person uh, when it goes to the office. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate it. And uh, so I received this, how, how do you call it? So like this permit for living for a year? This like temp uh, temporary protected status? Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. so it, it was it was quite easy, actually. So it was not so good, not so bad. Uh, it, uh, it was, you know, more about uh, like... Um, I felt different, you know, I like, I, I really had the feeling like everyone can see that I'm Ukrainian uh, and I like, like I'm a refugee. It was like, I don't know, very, I, I felt like it is very visible. And uh, I, I felt like the, this, like, I don't know, like poor refugee really, it was very crazy feeling. So I, I didn't use to that. And, uh, you know, like, um, like I felt like my kids are the most loud, like in every playground, because like Lithuanian kids are really loud. <laughs> 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 I also I I had this feeling that um, especially the Baltic countries, which uh, to a certain extent understand this uh, this Russian aggression um, in a more uh, immediate way than the Western yeah. European countries. I've, I haven't I actually traveled recently to, uh, I was in Latvia last year, but I haven't mm -hmm. since the war started uh, been to the Baltic countries. But it seems like a lot of people there understand what's going on oh, yeah. and have been really open. Is that your experience? Absolutely. So people are really amazing. And uh, like, uh, yes, uh, Lithuanian people are really aware of Russian aggression. They really support Ukraine a lot, like everyone. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I can say that people are uh, super understanding. And even uh, like uh, on my way here, we stopped in Poland for a couple of days. And Polish people was like super like extra kind. So they were so attentive because uh, I, I think that they can uh, empathize our problem because they also uh, living in this in this <clears throat> condition of fear of Russian aggression and they, they can understand. Yeah, we um, I guess we have a couple more tracks to play and we have around uh, whatever, 10, 10 minutes or something. Should we play? Um, we, Polina, between this, uh, we have the, uh, Ukrainian lullaby and we have, um, uh, Velvet Underground. What, do, what do you feel like? Uh, I feel like a lullaby, maybe we, we can leave for the end of the recording. Okay. One, two, three. If you close the door, 
the night could last forever leave the sun shine out and say hello to never all the people are dancing and they're having such fun i wish it could happen to me but if you close the door i never have to see the day again if you close the door the night could last forever leave the wine glass out and drink a toast to never oh someday i know someone will look into my eyes and say hello you're my very special one but if you close the door I'd never have to see the day again Dog party bars, shiny Cadillac cars And the people on subways and trains Looking grey in the rain As they stand us arrayed All but people look well in the dark And if you close the door The night could last forever Leave the sun shine out and say hello to never. All the people are dancing and they're having such fun. I wish it could happen to me. Cause if you close the door, I'd never have to see the day again. I'd never have to see the day again. Once more. I never have to see the day again. So what, what's going on with that song? Uh, <laughs> actually, yes, it is also about good memories because uh, when I was in Lithuania, uh, like before, like last autumn, uh, uh, I was listening to Velvet Underground a lot and it was really a good time, like great time. And I worked a lot on my own projects. I was like really inspired and I had a great company, like new friends, and I was uh, like in, in freshly in love, you know. So really, really good time and good vibes. So yeah, I, I really like that song. It feels like I can just imagine the person singing, just like sitting on the floor in their room. Like it feels very calm and kind of yeah relaxed. It's really nice. Um, uh, so I think we we actually I don't know. We don't have so much time left, but Polina, I. We kind of ask everybody um, who's on the show if they have uh, like friends who are doing some kind of on the ground initiatives in Ukraine or or um, like, I guess, things that people can do to help, because part of what we hope to do by inviting all these artists and uh, people who make music is to both give people an understanding of what's happening um, in Ukraine, but also kind of give them concrete ways to help. Do you, I guess in your situation, um, you're like, you're a bit distant from it now, but I imagine you have plenty of uh, uh, friends who are working on things in Kiev. Do you, are you, do you feel disconnected from all these initiatives? Do you have any that you kind of recommend people look at? Actually. Uh... I don't know. I have some friends, Ukrainian, who came back to Kyiv, but I don't really know 
maybe about some like big 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 you know events um so sorry <laughs> oh okay but um do you know of any uh like i don't know things that um that like like people can donate to or anything uh i think that people uh, so uh, they can uh, always can donate to our uh, like <laughs> national forces because it's the best way yeah. to help <laughs> so, um, yeah i think this I this know. this has been like increasingly clear uh as this has gone on i think initially people thought like oh i want to I want to support, but just with like medical supplies or something. And now, and now it's seems very apparent that it's like, hmm, maybe a like, like maybe the, the military needs some weapons to defend itself. Militaries need weapons, they need clothes, they need food, you know, it is like, it is really hard to, it is fucking hard work for the guys. So, yeah. Do you know anyone who's fighting? Uh, my ex husband is fighting. Uh, the father of your kids yeah. oh wow what do they think of that do they know he's fighting yeah, of course but uh, he is so he he was fighting on this donbas war as well so they uh they then used to it <laughs> okay okay so they like the for them or how old is your oldest uh 12. So he, like, I guess he was the age of your youngest when the war started. Yeah. Like four yeah, years old. Yeah. So he kind of grew up with it. And, um, but is it part of his, like, consciousness in any kind of? Yes, I think it, it, it's affected, of course. But, you know, it is like, we, we don't choose the country and we don't choose the place we live in. It is okay. You know, yeah, it's just day to day. I just, uh, I was just part of an exhibition in Zakarpatia and uh, this like Perucci Zakarpatia and Gena Kozib's son uh, was in the exhibition and he's, I think he's five or something like this, mm -hmm. but he had these drawings that were insane, you know, like this kind of war drawings that I, you know, and it, I think I was drawing some fucked up shit when I was a kid, but I think just this ambient stress that this uh, uh, Gena's son was dealing with was coming out in all of these like child drawings. And it, I don't know, it's really kind of uh, made a strong impression on me um, how this is entering the subconscious of kids or even the conscious experience of kids. Mm, I, 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 I'm not sure that uh, he is affected in that way because he had now maybe we had a kind of a bit strange family. And my ex-husband, he never was uh, like really patriotic or something like this. But when the time came, he just decided that he must. So it was like his personal decision. And uh, uh, so, yeah, my son never, never drew, drew any like, you know, um, drawings about the war. What he, he just wow. accepted what's going on. Do you feel like... Um your work and this kind of like body horror and all of this stuff could this be an expression of this subconscious uh knowledge on your part or is this totally unrelated um actually no i i would i i, I don't want to, to people to have this connection because as i was telling before i i don't know i i didn't expect it to well, you know 
so I didn't have any like ideas about that. So my art is absolutely personal, and I I, I don't want you know to speculate <laughs> on the theme. It is it is unfair. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, I think. Uh, do, Chola, do we have any other questions? Or Paulina, is there anything you want to say? Or maybe you can introduce this last uh, sound that we're going to play. Um, and, and, and this we can just say. Uh, yes, and uh, it, is very, it is very special sound for me uh, <laughs> you know I uh, so, so sometimes when I'm drunk I like singing <laughs> but I seem I've seen really bad like awful and uh, uh, but uh, this song <laughs> I was singing several times <laughs> and I like I feel like <laughs> I improved my singing skills with this one <laughs> Well, and I like how it sounds. It's so sad and so deep. So yeah. Um, which, what are the meaning of the words, or just what's it about the lullaby? Oh, it is very. It is and yes, it, actually, in this song, I really like the text because text is really strange. It is about uh, like a small tree, uh, which is like uh, which is outside and it is cold and it is lonely and it come it can come inside to be with a small boy so it is like a, a bit surrealistic but i i like the, the to visualize you know this picture how it all right so uh paulina i guess thank you for uh sharing these uh songs that you're listening to and sharing some th stuff about your work um and we will look forward to uh getting drunk with you sometime in the future <laughs> and, and hearing you sing this song. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Polina. It's been really nice to meet you. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye.
This is sounds from Ukraine now. Звук из Украины зараз.